In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, you see the violet on the altar in front of you. The relics have been removed. The gloria has been suppressed. The tract begins in, the, in this Mass. The season of Septuagesima begins today, this Sunday. The grave maternal voice of the Church will soon be heard, inviting us to Lenten penance. But she wishes us to prepare for Lent by employing these next two and a half weeks in considering the deep wounds caused in our souls by sin. The beauty and loveliness of the little child, Christ, born to us in Bethlehem, are great beyond measure. But our souls are so needy that they now require other lessons than those he gave us of humility and simplicity. Our Lord is the victim of divine justice, and he has now attained the fullness of his age. The altar on which he is to be slain is ready, and since it is for us that he is to be sacrificed, we should at once set ourselves to consider what are the debts we have contracted towards that infinite justice which is about to punish the innocent one instead of us, the guilty. We too have need, now especially on Septuagesima Sunday, to remember the cardinal virtue of courage and the act of sacrifice, because we are about to venture in to, one of the, mo to the most sacrificial season of the liturgical year, that of Lent. A practical recommendation right off the bat for all of you. If you want to have a good Lent, do not wait until Ash Wednesday to begin offering your Lenten penance. Begin today, or perhaps tomorrow, since today is a Sunday. Making a good Lent requires serious preparation that is precisely why Holy Mother Church has given us this pre-Lenten period, a sort of boot camp before the war. The Christian who would spend Septuagesima according to the spirit of the Church must make war upon that false security, self-satisfaction, which are so common to effeminate and tepid souls and which produce spiritual barrenness. He that thinks himself dispensed from continual watchfulness, which is so strongly inculcated by our Divine Master, is already in the enemy's power. He that feels no need of combat and of struggle in order to persevere and make progress in virtue should fear that he is not even on the road to that kingdom of God, which is only to be won with violence, that is, the violence needed to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and offer sacrifice to God. And what is the preeminent moment in the life of each Catholic when we are given this excellent means of offering sacrifice, of uniting our souls to the atonement worked by God himself? You know already, it is in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. This traditional Latin Mass at which you assist, hopefully each week, can truly be said in the fullest sense of the term, to be the work of the Holy Ghost. It was not created at a particular moment in time by a committee or any select group of men, but goes back to the earliest antiquity of the Catholic Church. Much of the sacrificial canon of the Mass 
going back to the apostolic era and having been composed by St. Peter himself. It is truly the Holy Ghost who has, as it were, breathed breathed forth the elements of this Mass into the sacramental life of the Church for more than 2,000 years. And this is the reason for its intrinsic holiness. A newcomer to the traditional Latin Mass might notice the many marks of profound reverence in it, all of the kneeling, the silence, the hushed tones of the priest, the fact that Holy Communion is only received kneeling and on the tongue. Precious as these marks are, they are not the reason we call it the holy sacrifice of the Mass. It's the other way around. Because Holy Mass is the greatest gift of God to fallen man, because of its intrinsic holiness and other world, worldliness, we are left with no choice but to adore our Lord with the most profound physical and spiritual reverence we can muster. This is also why it's so unfortunate when one is forced to assist at a Mass where this fundamental fact seems marginalized or even forgotten. Assisting at Mass is not about hearing a great homily, hearing the scola flawlessly lift the tonic accents of the Gregorian chant, or assuring our neighbor of our well wishes towards him, or feeling consoled, or getting to know the priest and seeing his personality on display or hearing his jokes. These things have their time and their place too, but it is not really at Mass. The Mass is really all about one person, Almighty God. Sacrifice. First, then again and again, this word comes to our minds when we speak of the holy sacrifice of the Mass. To offer a gift to God in recognition of his absolute dominion over all things, an act of adoration. Here is the very heart of religion, so much so that at the dawn of human history, it is the offering of sacrifice that we see as the first religious acts of the sons of Adam and Eve. Note that to show his pleasure with Abel's sacrifice of the firstborn lambs of his flock, God sent down fire from heaven to consume the offering. The scripture says that the Lord had respect to Abel's offering. This means, probably, that there was nothing left for Abel to consume after offering his sacrifice. We have the inestimable gift of receiving the body and blood of our Lord at each Mass, but even when we cannot or choose not to, Assistance at Holy Mass remains the greatest religious act we can accomplish on this side of eternity and the most propitious for the growth of virtue in our souls. For coming to Holy Mass is not, first and foremost, about receiving something or someone. It is about giving something, giving something to God. That is, the homage of our adoration Because he is the supreme creator of all things, he holds all things in existence, and he can bring all things to nothingness in an instant if he wishes. What do I have to give, God, you might ask? You have everything. You have your entire life, everything in it, all of its joys and sorrows, all of your virtues and vices, 
all of your hopes, all of your successes, all of your failures and disappointments. There is nothing that cannot be redeemed by God if offered with a right heart. But I have trouble paying attention at Mass, you might say. I get distracted. I get bored. I have to discipline my children or redirect them from wandering off. This, too, should be part of your offering, and in un- an offering in union with that of Christ's offering of his own life. Do you understand the miracle that happens on the altar at every Holy Mass? Neither do I. But what I can tell you is one thing. In the Holy Mass, more than 2,000 years of time are wiped away, and our moment in time is joined to that of Calvary. There we stand with the faithful few, our Blessed Mother, St. John, St. Mary Magdalene, who remained with Christ until his death. And though we do not see Christ or these saints with our bodily eyes, we do cast our gaze on the crucified Christ as he offers up his life to the Most Holy Trinity. We do not offer this sacrifice alone. We offer it in the silent presence of who knows how many untold millions of saints and angels in heaven. Saints who assisted at this very same Roman Mass as us during their earthly lives and who now fall prostrate before the heavenly liturgy. An illiterate 16th century farmer in India or a little girl in Chicago in the 1940s Catholic school system would have given the same description of the Holy Mass. He would have called it the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass because both knew that it was a sacrifice. This is why it's not enough to simply say that our Lord is really present in the Holy Eucharist. Why? Because the presence of God without sacrifice to God is Protestantism. And that, again, is why we say that our faith is founded on the Holy Sacrifice of Calvary, which is the same is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.